The Golden Mike Podcast is presented by SeaDeck Marine Products. SeaDeck features non-absorbent closed-cell PE EVA blended foam that delivers the perfect combination of comfort, safety, and style. For more information, check out www.seadeck.com. That's S-E-A-D-E-K.com. Your boat deserves SeaDeck. And now, it's showtime. the official voice of Toad Water Sports for over a decade. His vocal tones have narrated the industry's biggest and most prestigious events in the world. With over 25 years of on-water experience, captivating charisma, and a command of his audience, presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast, with the noise of the North himself, oh, yeah. Dano the Mano. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to episode 108 of the Golden Mike Podcast. As always, I am the noise of the North, Dan of the Mano, recording from inside the Boathouse studio on a beautiful and glassy day here on Lake Sawyer outside of Orlando, Florida. And now it's time for your bi-monthly dose of audio sunshine. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Lead Wake. You already know Lead Wake is the ballast bags in every pro's boat today. Lead Wake is one of the biggest names in Wake. Ask any rider or promoter all across the industry. They'll tell you they run the original and number one easily movable, moldable, and indestructible Lead Wake ballast. These bags help clean up any wake while also helping distribute that little extra bit of oomph all over the boat. Lead wake bags are made from 100% recycled material and contain a high density foam core to protect not only the bag, but also your boat. Lead wake bags can be stacked and placed in tight spaces and at a density of nine times that of water. Just a few bags can replace those space-consuming water bags. The best part, lead wake offers free shipping from anywhere inside the continental United States. And when you buy nine bags, you get the 10th bag free. Find out why all pros use Lead Wake in their boats right now online at leadwake.com. Today we present you part two of our two-part wakeboarding a Hall of Fame induction ceremony episode. You'll remember that the last time I gave you guys a front row seat to the all goings on of the actual ceremony. Well, this week, I'm taking it a step further and bringing you one-on-one interviews with all the folks that were honored this year. Today's show is stacked with appearances from the likes of Lee Elliott, who spoke on his father, Chuck Morrow's behalf, Ron Seidenglanz, Bill Porter, The Vandal, Randall Harris, Sarah Klein, Kobe the Micker Mikasich, and of course, the one and only PB, Parks Bonifay. But before I hop into it, a quick update since the last episode. Took that quick little trip out to Denver, Colorado. If you guys had listened to episode 107, talked a little bit about that. Spent some time with my buddies J.D. Webb and Nick Stiller from Action Watersports. About a week in Chicago and I just got back from the WWA Wake Park or Cable World Championships and 
holy smokes, some insane riding going on down south of the border, down there at the Mayan Water Complex. Julia Rick took home another world title in both traditional and recapturing the features only title, sticking a toe side backside 900 in competition. Holy smokes, it was crazy. My boy Cole Crace from Arizona, ripping wake skater. Cole took home the W in the pro men wake skate division. I was so stoked for him. He's such a cool dude, and seriously, he works his butt off, and the kid is just so humble, so well-deserved, and glad to see them taking that title home to AZ. Some insane riding across the board from all amateurs. My boy and wakeboarding.com rider Aaron A.J. Cutler, he stuck a chromobe off the kicker in the adaptive traditional final, and I believe that was a first in adaptive wakeboarding and wake park riding. And I'm proud to announce the three-time, three-time, three-time reigning and successfully defending and defended traditional and features only WWA Wake Park World Champion and overall WWA Wake Park World Series traditional and features champion also for a third year in a row, Gunther Oka. Congrats to all and thanks again to the WWA Nautique Boats, the Mayan Water Complex for hosting an awesome event and we look forward to heading back in October of 2019 for the WWA Worlds, again, the WWA's 30th year anniversary, but this time it's both boat and park simultaneously at the same park at the same time, October 10th through the 13th. It's just too sweet. (laughs) All right, let me take this time to remind you all to spread the word about this, the Golden Mike podcast. There is no other podcast in the toad water sports industry that has continued to deliver quality content for a half decade straight. And rest assured, I'm not going anywhere. Boy, do we have some exciting stuff in the pipeline that I just can't wait to share with you guys. <laughs> but I can't do that without your help. And here's how you can do your part so I can continue doing mine. Be sure to subscribe to the Golden Mike Podcast on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app and tell all your friends to do the same. After you listen to the show, please take a minute to rate the show five stars. I am stoked to announce that we just received our 100th five-star rating. Now let's see if we can shoot for 200. We're also up to 66 written reviews. Let's shoot for an even thousand. And here's the deal. If you guys take the time to write a review, I will take the time to read it on this podcast. Just picture it. Your words that you wrote being read aloud by my buttery smooth voice. And if that isn't motivation enough, well, I will personally send you a free Golden Mike Podcast t-shirt to thank you for your support. Just shoot me an email of a screen capture of your review to goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com and I'll be sure to send you your new favorite item of clothing, a la a GMPT. Speaking of, there were two new five-star reviews written last week that I can't wait to share with you guys. The first one comes from Kyle W84, who writes, Way to go, Dano. I've listened since the beginning, and I'm glad you're doing this for all of us who loved Toad Water Sports. 
Kyle W84. I appreciate the kind words and the continued support, my man. I'm glad I get to share my passion with people who truly love the sport as much as I do. Second five-star review comes from Jeff M Double X, who writes, Dano is the Mano. And if you love wakeboarding and the history of Toad Water Sports, this is your podcast. Definitely brings back a lot of memories of good times with a great people. Help grow the sport and support. Jeff M Double X, that's good advice. And I couldn't agree more. Also, I'd be remiss if I didn't give a special shout out to Wake A Lot, who keeps going back and rewriting his review, always adding something new. This time around, he writes, shout out to the Wu-Town Wake Fest in Worcester, Massachusetts. Wu-Town, of course, is the largest wakeboard competition in New England, and it's tons of fun. I actually got to announce the first year. We see you wake a lot and appreciate your perseverance, brother. Keep doing the Lord's work. As a reminder, you can listen to us. And by us, I mean the Golden Mike podcast on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, and a wide array of podcast listening apps on Android as well as on my website, noiseofthenorth.com. You can also follow the Golden Mike podcast on Facebook and follow me personally on Instagram at Dano T. Mano. And I'll be starting up the Twitter page back again here. It's at the golden underscore Mike. So be on the lookout for that. We'll be right back with our first interview with Lee Elliott, who accepted the Lifetime Achievement Award on behalf of his dad, the legendary Chuck Morrow. We'll get to talk a little about what the award would have meant to Chuck and his family and what Chuck did for the wakeboard community at large right after this. The winter months are fast approaching and that means that boats are coming out of the water. That means it's the perfect opportunity to get SeaDeck. SeaDeck Marine Products is the industry leader in innovative flooring solutions, supplying the best boat builders in the world with comfortable, durable, non-skid flooring systems. SeaDeck uses UV-protected, non-absorbent foam featuring an innovative, textured, micro-dot surface for an enhanced, non-slip experience. is available in a variety of sizes, thicknesses, and colors, and they have a worldwide network of certified installers ready to help you design a custom kit for your boat. For more information, check out www.cdeck.com. That's S-E-A-D-E-K.com. Presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast with the noise of the North, Dano the Mano. I am sitting here with Lee Elliott, son of Chuck Morrow, to kind of speak on Chuck's behalf. First of all, congratulations on, on such an honor, man. Uh, how does it feel? Oh, it's the, it's the ultimate honor, and um, I'm just super grateful to the Wakeboard Hall of Fame for recognizing Chuck's contributions to wakeboarding. I know he was a big, big deal in our world, and I'm just really happy that the Wakeboard Hall of Fame considers him a big deal in the whole wake world. If Chuck was here right now, um, what do you think he would have set up there? <laughs> uh, Chuck was here, he would have been saying how lame this was and how we all need to get back to work, and uh, we need to get back in the booth and move business forward like what we're supposed to do down here. But I really do think that he was uh, proud of that. He would have been proud of this moment, and I really do feel his spirit here, and I'm. Um, I'm confident that he's proud of himself and he's uh, giving himself a little pat on the back up there. 
You know, I had an awesome conversation about a month before Chuck's passing with him. Um, I got to hang out with him up in the announcer's tower at uh, Wakeboard Nationals when it was in your guys' backyard in Atlanta um, last year. And, you know, I was, I was just always just blown away the fact that Chuck, on the level he was at, um, still took his, like, time out of his day. Uh, and I know he's a busy guy, and I know he was very business-oriented, but to sit there for hours just watching the wakeboarding, what did the sport mean to him? The most important thing to him was, like, all the people in the wakeboarding community, whether it's people, that, the sales managers and marketing managers and CEOs of the big brands or the riders or people that announce the wake contest like you or put the contest on like Bish, you know, to his relationship with Nautique and every, I mean, he loved the people. He loved being with people. He loved talking to people. He loved inspiring them and getting inspiration from them. And like the thing that really kept his motor running was all the, was the collective group of everybody that's in the wakeboard world. He loved it. He was so passionate about it. He would even call, take time out of his day to just call like some random customer service rep for some random brand that we sold um, and just like talk to him for a couple of minutes, just thanking them for their work. And I mean, he loved everybody in the wake scene. What is Chuck's legacy? Chuck was such a risk taker, a controlled risk taker, he, but he was such a like avant-garde kind of guy that when he launched buywake.com, Dude, people were still up on dial-up. Like, how can you get images uh, and product descriptions to come through on dial-up? But he knew it was there, and he took that risk, and he put all, you know, he risked everything he had to create wakeboard sales online, you know, like I said, a full decade before everybody else did. And um, it's he his contributions to the wakeboard world, like, well, only he knows how deep it is because he, he changed a lot of people's brands with his advice. He changed a lot of people's careers with his advice. He changed the trajectory of wakeboarding over and over and over again because he saw it differently than everybody else and was able to get everybody else to buy into his vision and move wakeboarding in that direction as well. Very good. All right. Hey, Lee, if anybody wants to find out more about Chuck or, uh, or, or what Chuck put together with his shops and uh, everything like that, what do they have to do? So Chuck's got a nice little uh, bio up on Wakeboard Hall of Fame's website. I think it's uh, wakeboardinghalloffame.com. And then he's also uh, a major part of the timeline that we have, the timeline of our business on our ambushboardco.com website. Um, you can see Chuck's contributions just in bullet point form on our website. And you can see the whole article on Wakeboard Hall of Fame's website. Um, but, you know, here's the thing. As much as Chuck liked to... Uh, like brag to me and you like face to face and everything like that in the real world he wanted to be low-key he wanted to be underestimated and i know that's hard to underestimate a dude that's such a big personality but he really just wanted his work to be um what what people remembered him by rather than some blog or some story or whatever so if you really want to see what chuck did just check out our websites ambushboardco.com buywake.com you'll see all the good deeds that he's done just through our good deeds page you'll see all of the um, like the true visionary things that he's done and if you want to talk to a couple people in the industry I'm sure they got plenty of stories because what we've done on the back end of this industry has not been done before and probably will never be done again Lee man appreciate your time and I thank you much brother Thank you so much, and thank you for uh, getting Chuck into the Wakeboard Hall of Fame. It's much deserved, and very, very grateful and very thankful that you guys took the time to honor him. Man, that was awesome hearing Lee talk about his dad like that. Chuck was a true visionary in the industry, and that Lifetime Achievement Award was more than deserved. 
the other man to also receive the prestigious Lifetime Achievement Honor that day was Bill Porter. Many of you know that Bill was my former boss when I first moved to Orlando and I was picking up shifts at Performance Ski and Surf. Well, look how far we've come, right? Anyway, I got the chance to catch up with Bill at a shop, Performance Ski and Surf, in Orlando following Surf Expo to find out what the honor meant to him. Well, actually, here we are. We're sitting uh, a little over a month after the uh, Hall of Fame induction ceremony 2018, and I'm here with Bill Porter, who was one of the first to be inducted this year. Bill, sitting here at your shop, performance, everything's looking awesome. How are you doing today? Doing pretty fantastic. Pretty pretty honored to have you here. <laughs> yeah, well, you know I got a little history here at the shop. Yes, you do. A lot of history, and that's kind of the fun thing of working in this industry in Orlando. You get to be and see a little bit of everybody, so... That's right. Well, the history, man, and uh, what an honor it's got to be for you, uh, the, the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame. You know, I think Wakeboarding Hall of Fame started inducting members roughly four years ago, and here we are, and you're a shop owner and a guy who has facilitated so many of the athletes and so many of the personalities over the year. I got to ask you, how does it feel? Well, when we got, when I got notified on it, I think surreal is the biggest thing, mainly because when you look at the people that are involved and have been inducted, the Herb O'Briens, the Jimmy Redmonds, the Tom Kings, Byerleys, Murrays, and Shapiros, and think, wow, they think enough of what I've done and the contributions to be associated with them. Um, it's very humbling, especially uh, when you're kind of knee-deep in it still. Well, your shop started in 1989, but you were working in the industry before that. Um, you went on your own, you know, uh, at, there in 89 or so. Uh, you started working with, with all of these athletes, and uh, over the years, uh, the personalities that I've talked about here and, and looking at the stage, uh, right now we're sitting in your office and, and looking here in Parks Bonifay and Randall Harris and Ron and... Um, and and Kobe Mikasich and and uh, Sarah Klein. Do you have any like good memories or stories of them? You know, from back in your early days. Well, I, I think when you go back in the Hall of Fame, I can remember Herb coming uh, through the door with compression molded wakeboards, and he goes, "You know, these are you're gonna sell a ton of these. You you gotta order them." And he popped in a video and he showed Eric Perez doing flips on them, and he was a prophet. I mean, he what he said was true and we ordered the boards they worked people strive to do flips and then you get guys like Shapiro that comes in and change the whole deal and we started this Herb goes you got to throw a tournament and I'll get Darren to come up and Darren comes up and puts on a show and people come out and watch it and all of a sudden that momentum and excitement uh, continues to grow and it's just been phenomenal when you look at the class that went in with me I mean immediately you look at I'm standing next to Parks Bonifay, uh, again, as an icon of the sport. You know, Parks, again, I, surreal that I'm up there standing next to Parks Bonifay, uh, Ron Seidenglance. I mean, from a visionary who created the look and feel of wakeboarding, that guy's video skills and editing, I mean, he's as relevant today, even though he hasn't done a wake film and I don't know how long, and his films hold up, and that's a true testament to how great – he was, but he shaped the whole vision for wakeboarding for, I don't know, a decade plus. Um, again, Randall, you know, he's, I don't know him that well, but I know of his writing and his reputation and how great a writer he is. He pushed boundaries, that, you know, that the sport needed. 
Kobe. Kobe's a legend, and, and you know he continues to be legend in my eyes and his impact on uh, students. But you know that was a guy who came to Orlando, and I met him early on. You know, and he basically created the whole traveling road show of taking the events on the road. And you know he's a guy that you know you've got to respect for his accomplishments. You know. Guys from uh, Ambush were there, and you know Chuck. Chuck and I were co- competitors, but you know he, I have a ton of respect for him, and he changed the industry and forced me to be better at what I do. Um, and last but not least is Sarah. Um, you know, it's funny I run into Sarah around the neighborhood, but you know, in the day she was the edgy elite rider that was different and that people wanted to see that doing stylish tricks that you know not all the girls were doing. Um, so it's, I mean, pretty amazing to see the group and the diversity, of the collection of people in this year, and then also Tara Hamilton win. I mean, it was great to see her back again this year. Um, you know, somebody brought it up to me with Tara's run from, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago would still be pretty solid on a podium, put her on the podium today. So to think that she was that far progressive, it's good to have her recognized because she couldn't be there last year. So I- it's so cool over the year, and you talk about like the legacies out there and uh, all the history, but pretty historic in the sport of Wake is also the classic performance P, and that goes back all the way, you know, almost two full decades that we were seeing that, that P, that sticker, the, the logo of performance ski and surf on the biggest names, and you're still being supported um, by so many of the top names and athletes uh, t- today. Um, how is it, how is like the... Um, the whole entire scene kind of changed, I guess, um, meaning uh, with with the riders and I, I don't know, like how they um, come to the shop and how, you know, when I worked here at the shop, it was daily. I'd see, you know, the biggest names in wakeboarding coming here and uh, the relationships that you had with them and, uh, you know, the way that I looked before I worked for you, the way that I looked at the riders and, again, performance was a place that you wanted to go you needed to go if you knew anything about water sports and i guess kind of where i'm getting at is how much do you like um like owe to the riders for for some of that stuff too well riders you know in the day i'm a fan so to have some you know somebody like shapiro comes in and you've got the best rider in the world and you strike up a friendship with them and our role with most of the riders is we try to help them in areas where they need equipment, gear, things they don't necessarily have sponsors for that will help them be the best they can. And, you know, from that, we built relationships with them. And I would say that pretty much anybody that's ridden for my shop, I consider them a friend. Um, obviously, proximity to great riders and being close to them makes a big difference. But, you know, they they supported a shop and, you know, retail mainly because they believed in what we did and, you know, our product knowledge and, you know, they believed in the shop, but it's a lot about relationships. Um, I can tell you, you know, you go to Masters and you watch Pro Wakeboarders ride and, hey, I got, I gave Megan Ethel, she came and picked up a board, she broke hers the day before and it's like, you don't think I feel like I'm a part of her being on the podium? Heck yeah, you know, Megan comes in, she stands it and, Today with social media, I mean, back in the day we didn't have it, but now it's almost you get immediate gratification, and it's pretty awesome. But pro riders are super influential, um, you know, to again, to stand on the stage with some of their athletes during the Hall of Fame, that's humbling because, I mean, again, I stood next to Parks Bonfay. I mean, that guy changed the sport as we know it. Um, but I watched him from a little kid to go into a man, and he's 
as amazing today as he was back when he's water baby, you know, but now look at him now. He's still relevant and doing things to help promote the sport worldwide. And, you know, again, he is definitely a deserving member of the class. That's for sure. And still a guy who probably uh, isn't a stranger to walking through the door and grabbing some product. <laughs> uh, he's, he's family, so he always will be. All right, so one last thing. So since we are a few weeks uh, past the, the Hall of Fame ceremony, and I'm walking in the door here at your shop, and I notice on the wall um, you, you talk about the immediate uh, gratification, the instant gratification. For you, it's kind of taken uh, many, many years. You've helped facilitate for so many people on every which end, from manufacturers uh, to the athletes to the organizers of the events. Um, but I'm looking at the wall when I walk in, and you've got that award uh, from Hyperlite and HO for your commitment to uh, to that brand for so many years. Um, they hold you on, on such a, a high pedestal as, as well as so many of the other brands do. Um, WSIA gave you the Retailer of the Year uh, last year, same year I won the Larry Medoc Award, and now um, th this Hall of Fame. How does it feel uh, after all these years? Because I, I don't think you're the kind of guy who does this to be recognized necessarily, but at, at the same time, you know, as a guy who now in my career I've won a couple of awards, it does feel good. How does it feel like overall being recognized like that? Well, having your peers recognize you for what you've contributed to anything is truly special. I mean, again, surreal. I mean, one of the jokes I had is Tom King is a member of the Hall of Fame and, you know, he was posting photos and uh, I go, Tom, I don't have a, a Tom King photo. It's like, if anything I want for being in the Hall of Fame, I want a Tom King photo. And not only did Tom King provide that, he says, hey, let's go wake surfing. We'll get, you'll get your Tom King photo. And it's like, for me, that's, again, that's awesome. But you know what really stands out in my mind? I go back to when we started OWC. Again, we were part of that walking the shores with Herb. You know, Herb comes down the shoreline and goes, wakeboarding is growing. You know, the way you're going to make your business grow and help grow the sport is to put on grassroots events. He says, if you do grassroots events, you'll see your business grow, you'll promote the sport, and you'll cultivate the next generation of riders. And I think if you look at the gravel tour and the riders that have come through it, um, again, he's a prophet. He knew what he was saying, and every I'd say just about every top rider that's riding the pro tour has ridden gravel tour. And to feel like I helped foster that growth and gave give uh, a foundation for these riders to kind of grow their talents. Um, that's been super rewarding, and that's I think my biggest contribution uh, to wakeboarding is hopefully growing the pro athletes, but also the equipment side, and that's obviously a big part of it too. All right, Bill, I got to say congratulations to you on uh, all of your uh, accomplishments, your efforts, your awards, uh, your recognition. Uh, before I let you go here, Parks Bonifay. One quick Parks Boniface story. Over the years, there's got to be one that stands out, something maybe crazy or wild with him in the shop. Um, I'm going to go back to the OWC days. So Parks was in between companies, and I wasn't riding for Hyperlite yet and wasn't riding for Conley or anybody else, but he's free motion. And we'd have the pro shop at OWC, and Parks would always go over and they'd let him ride Indian rope. And every time Parks would come in one, he typically didn't have any fins for his board, didn't have any boots, somehow he'd find stuff and he would go out and kill it. And I'd leave or something and I'd show up the next day and on the counter there would be a present left from Parks, another broken board going up 40 feet or however tall on the Indian rope snapping the board. 
just leaving me a present saying he was here and that you know again but the kid god i mean the the nights at owc and the crazy stuff he did on the indian line still I mean, you can find the photos it's i don't think anybody's gone as high as that dude on the indian line i don't think so hey was it all worth it oh 110 percent and I have to say one thing during the Hall of Fame weekend. I have to give a big thanks. We did it. We did it. <laughs> my bright idea. I ran a wakeboard tournament the same weekend of the Hall of Fame. Part of that was uh, to get industry people to come out and see our grassroots event. But I owe you a big thanks, Dano, because you're as incredibly busy. You somehow balance your time to come out and announce that event, and I want to make sure that people know the commitment you make to grassroots sports that sometimes doesn't get acknowledged. And uh, I tell people you're the voice of our series, and a lot of the success is due to what you bring to it. So thank you for giving up your weekend and making it happen. Well, I appreciate it, and I know if it's not for those amateurs and the next uh, young up-and-coming riders, there is no future to the sport, so my commitment is there and to you as well. Golden Mike Podcast, if you've not gone on, rated, review it, go do it. Uh, if you haven't heard the Larry Medic things, those are classics. Go do that too. Bill, congratulations again, and thank you. All right, thanks for coming. Bill is a true pioneer in his own right, and I thought it was only fitting that he'd be inducted. The impact he made on so many athletes and the support is priceless. And for that, Bill, so many of us are thankful. On a side note, Bill Porter's recovering from a recent shoulder surgery, and we hope you back to normal and beyond soon. Mr. Porter, thanks a bunch, Bill. Another innovator in the sport is filmmaker extraordinaire Ron Seidenglanz. The director of such groundbreaking films in the wakeboarding genre like 12 Honkies, all or Nothing, and Natural Born Thrillers. It only makes sense that he would have been given the Innovator Award honor. I got to sit down with Ron and ask him about all my favorite films, what he's got going on now, and what he has planned for the future. Ron, sighing glance, Ron, congratulations. How you doing, brother? I'm doing great. Thank you, Dana. Dude, here we are, wakeboarding Hall of Fame. How does it feel to be a part of this group? Um, it's amazing. I mean, I just... Just being up there with Randall and Parks and, you know, growing up with them since they were kids um, and just being recognized for all the work that we've done together over the last, well, it was 15 years of filming that, that we did. And uh, so it's, it's really great. So as far as, like, things, things are going right now, like, how has the sport changed since, like, you got into it so many years ago? Uh, it's a lot more cable stuff. Um, the wakes are ridiculous. Um, and it, you know, it's just evolved. It's just, it's just different. I mean, it's, it's amazing what the riders are doing and I don't even know a lot of the kids now. I wouldn't recognize them. I mean, I wouldn't know their names. So do you recognize the, uh, do you recognize all the old crew? Yeah. I just can't believe we're all old guys now. So yeah, it's, it, I recognize all those guys. Yeah. Hey, so are you following the sport at all anymore? Or are you uh, checking out what's going on? Anything that you like? Anything you don't like? I follow the sport. Um, I just like getting on the water, you know, doing a little carving around, just you know, enjoying that family time. That's you know, that's what I love about it. I mean, I've always loved just being on the water. What about the wakeboard uh, movies and films nowadays? What do you think about them compared to the stuff that you guys are doing? And obviously technology is different, so that changes so much, but uh, just in general. I think it's just different. You know, back 
back in the older times, I would spend a year by the time we started and finished a, a video. So it was just the collaboration of the riders and myself and Danny Vanzura and Brooks Farrell just putting in the time and then creating a video that came out at the end of that year. And then we'd redo it again the next year. So it wasn't as much immediate gratification or um, social media. And so the anticipation was so different to see what guy did what trick, you know, because it was, you know, it was everybody's like proving grounds and during the premieres. And that's just, it was just different, you know. Hey, through your entire body of work, uh, what videos were maybe like some of the more fun videos for you to, to film? I think they've all had their own unique moments, but just all the travel with the guys has been amazing. 12 Honkies was really ridiculous, fun, um, all or nothing, um, was, was just a great film as far as just going to Tahiti to ride in the surf with parks and Red Bull. Um, you know, it was really just the, the places I got to travel and the opportunity to just, just film all around the world. It was amazing. So still to this day, is there any one video that people are always still asking you about, still coming up and still talking to you about? It's different for different people. Some people come up and talk about the very first film they've ever seen, whether it was Switch or Switch 22. Uh, some people love the 12 Honkies. Um, just the, the acting and the characters, the bad acting and the characters. Um, All or Nothing was just, you know, Parks, one of Parks' breakout sections and, uh, you know, or just Natural Born Thrillers with Randall's part and, you know, it just depends on where people were at the time when, when that film came out in their lives. You know, the difference between shooting digitally and film have, have sped up the process so much. Uh, are you still shooting film at all anymore? No, I'm not shooting film, but I'm shooting with the red, and that's the closest thing I've ever shot that resembles film. It's a big camera, it's harder to use, but the images are amazing, it, they're gorgeous, and they give you the, um, kind of on the back end, the uh, ability to manipulate the colors and the feel of it, and, and the high-speed capabilities. Um, it's just a really cinematic tool, and it's it's like shooting film. So you'd mentioned that the idea of you coming back to do something for wakeboarding, maybe, uh, I don't know if you're talking about a full feature, uh, you know, a half feature, I don't know, like a short or whatever it would be, but whatever it is, um, do you have any visions that maybe you could talk to us about? Well, we've been doing a lot of documentary stuff, so possibly... It could be documentary, you know, storytelling. Um, every once in a while I get a hair that's like, oh, we should do 12 honkies or 13 honkies. And um, I'll just get wrapped up in it for 24 hours and then I'll kind of come back to planet Earth and think, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. Um, or, you know, there's just a lot of different opportunities. I don't necessarily want to just make a wakeboard film, but I would like to do another film with wakeboarding in it. So, out of all the personalities, all the riders, all the athletes that you ever filmed with, um, talk real fast about maybe who some of the easiest slash hardest to uh, work with were. Um, easiest? I don't know if there's easiest or hardest. You know, I think 
some of my favorite riders were just Randall and Parks. And, you know, Murray was always just super fun, kind of ridiculous. Uh, Darren Shapiro always just, we would always tell Darren when we would film with him that, oh, man, you should have seen what Parks just did. And then we'd be like, what did he do? And then he would just go out and ride as hard as he could. Um, you know, just traveling the world with these guys was just, you know, something I'll always remember. But I think hard was just getting up early and filming, but it was always worth it when we would. Um, those guys, all these guys that are here that are professional riders have great work ethic, and they wouldn't be here without it. There's a lot of guys that have been good wakeboarders who just kind of fell off because they didn't have the work ethic or whatever it was, you know? So I'm not sure if I answered the question, but. Oh, I think you did. Hey, any advice to like any uh, up and coming filmers? Um, just care about your work. Um, love what you do. Just try to always challenge yourself to be creative. Um, don't get stuck in any kind of mindset of you need A, B, and C to make a video because I think just, I don't know, looking at things a little different. Um, if you can, it's hard to, you know, sometimes you just get in a, a routine or a groove, but sometimes just trying to shake it up, whether you're, how you're filming or even how you're editing. That's, that's what I do to, for myself. Just try not to do the same thing over and over. All right, so I know that you were the guy who kind of held on to so many of the, um, you know, all the archives of the videos and stuff like that, and I don't know what the availability of videos really are anymore uh, from, from the old days and stuff like that, but if anybody's interested in your body of work or finding out more information about you or what you're up to these days, uh, can you guys give us a, a place online or where people can find you? Uh, Sideways.com. Um, don't, we don't sell the old DVDs. I mean, nobody has DVDs anymore. Um, we don't have them online, but there's quite a few wakeboard video sections on sideways.com um, and just some of our newer work that's not wakeboard related. Have I been seeing you've been dropping some of the stuff on social media section by section? Yeah, I just put Switch on there from 1990. I thought it was 96, but it turns out it's 97. And so I've been putting Switch minute by minute on Instagram. And uh, it's been fun. It's just been kind of uh, fun, you know, just seeing the old, all the comments from everyone who, you know, grew up with those. That's right, man. You got to respect the past, brother. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Ron, thanks a bunch, man. Congratulations on uh, Wakeboarding Hall of Fame induction there. And uh, I, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I'm hoping to see 13 honkies one of these days, brother. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. Hearing him talk about all those films took me right back to the early 2000s. Before the age of the internet, there were no wakeboarding videos online and waiting for the mags was exhausting. We lived for videos like 12 Honkies or Switch so we could see the sport evolve before our eyes and keep tabs on our favorite riders. Riders like my next guest, Randall the Vandal Harris. Randall got to work closely with Ron in his film Transgression. Randall has always been one of the most elusive and mysterious figures in the entire sport, and I'm thrilled I finally got a chance to sit down and talk. Hopefully, I'll be able to get a full interview with him in the studio one day or at his place, but for right now, let's hear what being inducted into the Hall of Fame means to him. 
Congratulations to this next gentleman. He has been one of the uh, longtime awaited voices that many of you been, have been asking for. The Vandal, Randall Harris. What's up, brother? Yeah, yeah, what's up, man? All is good over here on this end, man. Welcome to the East Coast, brother, and congratulations on your induction into the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame. How does it feel? Oh, thank you, man. I'm just like... Uh just so honored and so grateful to be a part of the class this year that got inducted you know i uh it's very it's, you know I, I humbly accept it and i'm just i'm just blown away man it's a huge honor to the folks that you um were inducted with up on stage today uh parks bonifay who's a guy who you and him uh, were kind of getting your wakeboard career started around the same exact time back around 12, 13 years old, and Rod, uh, Ron Seidenglanz, who of course is credited with um, you know, so many of the great uh, videos and movies and films um, that have captured the moments of, of so many of your guys' lives and, and rides out on the water. Um, first, talk about Parks Bonifame, what it means to be inducted uh, alongside Parks. Man, it's so huge, you know, like, when I heard that I was being inducted alongside with him, I was like, holy shit. you know, I was blown away. Like, I, I was like, damn, I, I finally made it. <laughs> nah, because, like, me and Parks, you know, everybody doesn't really know this, but we've been really close friends. Like, we're, we're homies. We started riding together when we were uh, 13 years old, you know, and I went out to his house and seen the giant alligators in his lake. And, I mean, but like he said up there, he went one way, you know, in a complete different direction than the way I went, but we've always had much respect for each other and we both ended up, you know, making an impact. So, I mean, it just, it was, it was a special moment to be up there with him, for sure. Something like winning this award inspire you to maybe get back out there at all, or are you kind of just holding back for right now? Yeah, well, taking a break from wakeboarding, I kind of have to step back for a little while so that I can rebuild the passion and the love and get rid of the the bitterness that comes along with it sometimes with me you know because it's always there's some heartbreaking stuff that goes on and some uplifting stuff but but yeah I, I'd say you know being here seeing everybody just just being so um, uplifted by the fact that I got this award and there's some things that I, I left unfinished I feel like that I really need to I need to accomplish to have closure in the sports so yeah I'm, I'm actually pretty motivated to try and make something happen how about the body? How's it holding up? Dude, I'm rock solid, man. I'm rock solid, bro. Like, yeah. You're just probably better than day one. <laughs> Sounds good. Hey, Randall, bro, you take as much time as you need, man. We appreciate you, the person. We appreciate you, the athlete, and everything that you've done for the sport, man. Uh, you, you still motivate so many people, and when you're ready to get back out there, trust me when I say we're all going to be there ready to watch. Awesome. That means so much. I appreciate it. Very humbled. Thank you for saying those things. And uh, same to you, man. Thank you for all you do, man. You're 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 huge, and we really all appreciate what you do, brother. So thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to do this as well. Congratulations to the Vandal, Randall Harris, man. You have a great expo, brother, man. Great seeing you. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you too, man. West Side in your mouth. Did you guys hear those kind words that he had to say for me? I'd be lying to say if I wasn't truly humbled. Thanks a ton, Vandal. Now, Randall gained a reputation of being a rebel over the years, and so has his fellow inductee, Sarah Klein. 
Sarah broke onto the scene by doing things her own way and showing us that the girls are just as B.A. as the dudes. And Sarah made quite the impression on us all, especially a 13-year-old Dano the Mano. Well, I guess you could just call me a boyo then, really, when she took to the wakes in nothing more than a skimpy little, well, well, you know. <laughs> in that now infamous video, let's get to Sarah Klein right here on the Golden Mike Podcast. Sarah Klein, how are you, girl? Very good, thank you. Congratulations, first and foremost. How does it feel to be in the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame? It's amazing. I'm very uh, honored to be inducted with this group. It was, it was really nice. I appreciate it. Hey, so what have you been up to? I am a mom, yes, and two boys, 14, 7. They're amazing. They're athletes, so I travel and take them everywhere. Do you have any like like super solid memories, something that kind of stands out from back in the like back in the old days? Um, you know, like I don't know, favorite moments in the sport or anything like that? I just remember uh Byerly, you know, progressing the sport. He was, you know, the grandfather. He uh I looked up to him and and I loved riding with all of them. And on Lake Catherine Okay, so as a guy who grew up kind of following the sport as it was kind of getting started and watching the wakeboard vids, um, can you guess what probably one of the most um, lasting memories of a wakeboard movie to me would be? No. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> I've got a lot of old school listeners too, just so you know. Um, I could guess. <laughs> it would probably have to be the most infamous uh, deep water start in wakeboarding history. Yeah. And the black G string. <laughs> yeah. So okay. So I, because we always like wondered about that. What was what was it like? I, I mean, I know it was a lifestyle and everything like that. But well, when I came home from college and I went to school with Byerly and Brandon and Drew McGuckin, I I didn't put on board shorts. I just rode. So that's just I just rode. <laughs> it was like whatever you were wearing that day. Exactly. Talk about uh, being pushed to be uh, like the first girl doing some of like the, the innovative tricks, you know, like incorporating grabs with the tantrum, the indie tantrum, the, the whirly bird. Well, I just wanted to ride like the people that I looked up to. I wanted to have style. I wanted, I didn't ride like a girl. I did, rode a bigger board. I grabbed that because I wanted to look good. I wanted to look and, and yeah, look amazing. So, uh, who are the people that like inspired you back in the day, um, both on the men's side and the ladies' side? I would say Andrea, because she was one of the first, and then Byerly and Randy Harris and Greg Nelson and Eric Schmaltz, and yeah, those were the first people that pioneered, I think, that I looked up to and wanted to ride like. Generally speaking, like, what is some of the coolest stuff that you're seeing nowadays? Oh my gosh, like the triple, like, that's just crazy to me, and like, it blows my mind. Really good. All right, girl. Well, hey, congratulations again, and thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. O'Brien Watersports has been around for over 50 years, making them one of the longest-lasting brands in the entire towed water sports industry. With a diverse lineup of skis, wakeboards, surfers, tubes, and accessories, there's no doubt in my mind you'll be able to find whatever it is you need to have an absolute blast on the lake this year. They have everything for novice riders all the way to professionals. For a full look at their product catalog, head over to O'Brien.com, and while you're there, 
find a local dealer and stay up to date with all the latest O'Brien news. That website again is O'Brien.com, O-B-R-I-E-N.com. So check them out today. Our next guest, Kobe the Micker Mikasic, was one of O'Brien's most decorated riders, and he's still an integral part of the brand to this day by helping train and mentor the next generation of riders. And I'm sure he's instilling that Hall of Fame mentality in them all. Kobe the Micker Mikasic, one of the inductees for this year's Wakeboarding Hall of Fame. Micker, congratulations. How does it feel, brother? Uh, thank you. It's it's awesome. It's um, it's such a cool thing to be part of the sport for so long, 26 years. And today kind of recapped a good timeline of things. And so yeah, I was a little emotional. I was hoping it wouldn't be. But um, when I started thinking about all the good stories and everything, it gets a little crazy. So, yeah, it's a good, fun day. Yeah, I was going to say the emotions were flowing up that I had to kind of take a deep breath there before I got back up on stage. But so what is it about uh, about your career and then this moment that inducts uh, or that, you know, brought those emotions out today? You know, it's it's hard to say, but I just think, you know, like I think we just, you know, like Tara and I just pour our heart and soul into it, you know, and, and at times when you think that you don't care that much, then you start thinking about the things that you've done, the stories, the adventures, you know, all that stuff. And then you realize that like it just consumes your life and that it is important. And it's um, like, you know, it's we live it. We're lifers. So like this is our life. This is what we do day in, day out. We never clock in, but we never clock out. And so it's just um, it's just it's just us. So then when I start thinking about that, I'm just like, you know, it's just emotions start going crazy. Who are you really excited to uh, see at this year's induction ceremony and um, be inducted with in general? You know, obviously, I think I think a crowd favorite is Parks. You know, he did so much for our sport as far as recognition and just, you know, a good story along the ways and his talent on the water is just the most talented guy I've ever seen, you know, on a wakeboard. Um, back in the day, watching him develop was just amazing. You know, I used to always say that that was the most talented guy on, the, on a board, he might uh, stumble walking down the, the sidewalk, but on a board, most phenomenal, true athlete I've ever seen in our sport. And then, you know, Randy, you know, Randall was, um, you know, he was, you know, so little when I was kind of established and I had a lot of fun with him. He used to go on the road tour with us. Chris and I actually bought his tour bus Larry's tour bus and took that on the road so we were pretty close with him back in the day and then you know his his life in the sport has just been you know so many roller coasters for him and everything so to honor him and to recognize his talent um, was was really good to see you know so like I'd say definitely those two guys um, definitely stand out you know obviously as as two of the most unique and and good assets to this industry and the sport what what is the wakeboarding uh what is the wakeboarding hall of fame and what does it mean to you you know that's interesting because it hasn't been around for a long time and so you know it's it's it means it means a lot but i i gotta admit when i when they when weddington told me that i was going to be part of it i kind of was laughing because i'm like don't you have to be a lot older to get in like the Hall of Fame? So at 46, I, I guess I'm honored to be in it. And I'm, I'm glad it's starting out because now the sport's been around long enough that the younger generation 
um, could kind of reflect and see some of the, the older things in the beginning. And so I think this is really important to the sport because it just gives recognition to where how far we've come and, and the development of the sport and that it does have some good roots and, um, and it, that it is so important to so many people. How have you been able to stay so relevant for so long and doing what you do? Because my earliest memories of you were meeting you in Wisconsin. That's when you found Eric Ruck and you guys basically took it under, um, you know, like, like, like your brand to decide, hey, we're going to help develop this kid and turn him into a pro and help mold his career. Now, here we are 20 years later, and you're still doing that through Team O'Brien. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I think the main thing is that you have to have fun and play a lot. Like, you know, fortunately, to be a professional athlete, you know, it comes at, you know, a lot of expense. Unfortunately, other people, you know, it's, it's at their expense and their cost. You know, so fortunately, my parents were very supportive at the beginning. Then I was able to get sponsorships and, and money. And, you know, that stuff is is such a different level to get to that elite level where you have companies paying you to make a living to basically go have fun. But if you're not having fun and portraying that, I just don't see other people wanting to do it. So like we've always been relevant because we have fun. We have a great time on the water. Um, I'm getting a chance to relive everything with Tara, my wife, because now she's you know, in the heart of it. She competes and she really keeps us relevant with everything, keeps our school of Freedom Wake Park going. And she's the one that's really kept me engaged and want to continue to do this. Um, so, I mean, she's a major part of why I'm still around and enjoying it and being able to still stay in the, in the industry. You know, if she wasn't so passionate about it, I don't know if I would still be around. I'd, I'd probably have to go make a living. So, um, you know, so that's kind of been my evolution through it, you know. What about to the young up-and-coming riders and some of the young um, rippers that you're helping develop? Uh, how do you keep those guys motivated and, like, your advice to them to, uh, to have the longevity in the sport like you? You know, it, it's, that's a really good question, and it's a two-way streak. Um, I'll, give, I'll give 100%, and if they give me 100% back, then we're good to go. So it's, it's a give-and-take I'll give whatever I get, you know, so um, it's a give and take. I got a really good group of kids right now that are really thriving in the sport, doing really well. And I always look at them as like, you know, your riding is a bonus, but if you want to make a career out of this, you want to be elite. There's so many other aspects that go along with it. And I think so many other schools and so many other coaches and, and so many other, other groups overlook that and they just look at the trick and they do a checklist. And I've never done that. And, I, and I'm like, look, you know, like there's so much more to this and there's so much more to making a career out of it than just doing the trick. So it's um, there's so many different levels of it that um, fortunately I've been able to be part of, which I think is critical to share with the younger generation. And those guys are soaking in and getting get they're They're getting it. You know, I got Mizuki, Daniel, you know, um, Jake. You know, these guys have really, really, um, those are kind of my current crew right now that have really embraced the whole big picture. Absolutely amazing, bro. Hey, talking about the big trick, uh, you 
competed this week in your first contest back in how long? I mean, it's been a long time, 15 years. So the Alliance Old School contest went down at your uh, Freedom Wake Park just a few days ago, and uh, I haven't seen the results yet. I, I know I admitted it during the uh, actual ceremony that my vote went to Weddington, but you were number two. I'm sorry, but you were number two on there. But, bro, still ripping the back mob. How's it feeling out there? It was fun. That event was really fun. It was um, it was it was funny. I mean, we we had a great time, um, and it, it's it's gone long enough to reflect on those old boards and equipment that now it's totally funny to watch and and entertaining. So we had a great time. It was fun to be on the water. I still enjoy riding. I get out there every once in a while, and the the feeling for me has never gone away. So even if it's just a good wake jump or a back mob. It's that feeling is still there. It, it still gives me a rush when I ride. You still spraying down boats of tourists? <laughs> no, I'm very mellow now. Very good. Hey, congrats again on your uh, Hall of Fame induction there, Micker, and appreciate you and all you do, bro. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. Well, I know that interview was a bit on the shorter side, but if you guys are clamoring for more Micker, do yourselves a favor and check out episode 37 of the Golden Mike podcast in the archives, all available free on iTunes, SoundCloud, and noiseofthenorth.com to hear a full interview with him. It's a great conversation, especially for all of you old school purists out there. And we transition from one generational icon to another in Parks Bonifay. PB is no stranger to the Golden Mike podcast. I've had both him and his brother Shane on here on multiple occasions, and they always make for a good listen. Parks is a genuinely great dude, and an old friend, and an even better ambassador for the sport. He was a Hall of Famer from the minute he hit the water at six months old, and this honor has been a long time coming. So without further ado, let's hear from the man of the hour himself, Mr. Parks Bonifay. Good old PB, Parks Bonifay. Brother, what's up, man? Oh, Dano Domano. Noise of the North. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, yeah. Congratulations, man. Here we are, Wakeboarding Hall of Fame. How you feeling? Man, really, really, I'm still kind of like shaking, man. I didn't I didn't think I was going to get kind of clipped up there, you know, but I got, I got kind of choked up, man. But that was a really cool ceremony a hell of a class man like i was looking at all the classes and you know this is the one that you know with rando and ron siding lance and bill as much as he's been a, a part of it you know and kobe this is a cool class you weren't at a loss for words up there but i could t definitely tell a little bit that this one means uh means something special to you so so what is it about it that that makes it so special uh I don't know, man. I've always been infatuated with like the history of water skiing, and I've walked through the Water Ski Hall of Fame, and I kind of like I've always loved what they've done. And you know, wait, the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame hasn't always existed, you know, and but wakeboarding's been around for 30, 30 years now or so. So I don't know. When I was up there, it just kind of hit me like you know how how special it is that we're showing respect and like remembering the people who like helped pave the way for everyone in this room because. You know, in this day and age, time flies back like faster than you realize. So it's easy to forget, like, just 20 years ago, like what, like Pat McElhaney or like, you know, just like what a lot of the, the, the G's uh, did ahead of us. And it's just cool to show homage. And it just kind of hit me up there. And yeah, you know, I got a little, I got a little choked up, man. I didn't. And well, I had to go right after Kobe too, which was like, 
And Kobe, I, I was pretty much crying on the couch when Kobe was talking, and I had to go up right after. So I came in, came in a little, little clipped. Out of everybody here, uh, talk about maybe uh, some of the inductees and some of your mem like early memories of them. Uh, yeah, I think the most that you know stands out is kind of like uh, Randall Harris and like Ron Sidinglands. Uh, I spent a lot of my career, you know, with them doing trips, filming with Ron and Randall. And, uh, you know, I, I, like I was saying, I got into wakeboarding from watching Ron Sighting Glance's films. And, you know, and he helped catapult my career into like the, the second stage after I was kind of competing and helped establish myself kind of as like a free rider. Because uh, no one really wanted me in the videos before that. So Ron Sighting Glance was the first to kind of believe me there. And then, you know, just have Randall here, uh, you know, if, like 24 years ago, we were sitting on the starting dock at the 1994 Nationals. And like there was only four juniors. You know, Hunter Brown, Randall, myself, and like Gunnar Williams, and it's pretty crazy that we both took our own path to wakeboarding and carved and had successful careers to be like standing here. And you know, obviously Randall's left a, a heavy mark on wakeboarding. Uh, you know, he created his own way to ride, and I don't think anyone still to this day has like ridden like like Randall, and I don't think anyone really ever will. So uh, it's much deserved, well deserved. Kobe, Bill Porter has been a huge part of my career. Uh, Kobe keeps coming up with the best inventions and just, I, you know, if you, if you saw his heel mode that he did at the old school contest, he's like 40, I don't know, 40, I don't know how old he is, 46, 42, three years old, and he's still got a heel mode on lock. So pretty cool to see, man. And, you know, just big props. To, you know, Mike Whitington is the president of this. So, he, you know, he's, it's cool that uh, they take the time and the initiative to set up this cool ceremonies and like, you know, just remember the, the people who started this stuff. You know, people may start calling guys like you and me old just because we're in our mid-30s or whatever it is. But And I limp pretty good. Yeah, well, so I, I do too on some mornings. But it, here's the question, dude. You were back at it. You competed this week, bro. Talk about it. How'd it go? Oh, yeah, the old school contest. Uh, you know, living the 97 dream, man, getting out there. It's cool to ride those old wakeboards, and it's cool to get the young kids out there and see how tough it was. Although this year... Uh, the wigs got a little bit bigger and the boards are like progressing to where they're like modern day directional boards. I say we take it back to crappy boots, small wigs, low lines, and let these kids see how hard it is to do a, a real half cab roll. Hey, uh, what else have you been up to lately? Just because I follow you so, it's hard to get, get in touch with you over the phone sometimes, but I do follow it well and vice versa because I'm traveling so much. But I, every time I see your stories, your Snapchats, your Instagram stories, Dude, it just looks like you are living it up. What's been happening? Yeah, man, I try to stay as busy as I uh, possibly can. Between Mastercraft, Ronix, and Red Bull, uh, you know, I'm I'm pretty much, you know, stay. For some, I'm not competing anymore, but I still travel and like rack up as many miles as I ever did somehow. Which I'm, you know, super blessed and thankful that you know I can have this kind of career after my competitive career in wakeboarding's over. But I don't know. I guess it depends on the time of year on what I'm doing. I think I'm due for a new barefoot video. May want to try to film this fall. And uh, we've been a uh, surf club. We've been uh, surfing at a surf club here in, uh, in in Claremont, surfing around the cypress trees. And I don't know, just trying to find new ways to entertain ourselves. I've always tried to, as soon as I kind of get complacent and kind of bored, or not bored, but just like used to something, I want to try to do something that I haven't done and a new way to make my 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 uh, face smile. So I don't know. Keep searching and keep looking and get weird it was it was a pretty competitive year for you now that i'm thinking about it old school contest and then feet, feet on fire, fire yeah are you still full of fired up about that yeah i guess i guess you're completely wrong when i say i don't compete anymore so before old school contest and feet on fire uh 
you know, I guess I, I guess I'm not retired quite yet, you know. But uh, oh, and to you, I've I've been asked by multiple people that Feet on Fire needs to do a three spot, a three circuit tour, and needs to hit the road, and you take the eight original Feet on Fires or who the top eight, and you take them on the road against the locals in each different spot. So this has been a request from a couple different people that. Uh, Feet on Fire is ready to expand and hit the road. I'm working on it, brother. If you're in, trust me, I'm ready. Let's go. I'll, I'll light them feet up for you. I've been I've been testing it out, man. We just did Feet on Fire North a few weeks ago, and hey, and and still, I'm I'm saying JD Webb is the best endurance barefooter in the world. Yeah, you've seen all them corn-fed boys up there, and if JT JD can hold a, a torch to those guys, JD's a footer though. Don't get it twisted. A lot of people think, oh, he can do. Toe back seven's too easy on a wakeboard. He, he he can and he knows how to barefoot. Now JD, I met JD at a barefoot contest when he was five years old, and I go, man, you're probably. I go, man, I can't believe you beat me. You're only five years old. And JD goes, I should. I practice every day. And I was like, dude, who is this little <laughs> dude? So that was my intro to JD Webb, and uh, yeah, he's a footer. Don't get it twisted. All right, one last thing, PB. When can we expect Parks Bonifay two on the Golden Mike podcast? Uh, let's do it, man. Come out to Claremont. We're all, we'll do it wherever. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, so I like what you do, and uh, keep it going. I like what you do. PB, thanks a bunch, brother. Is it true that you the gold mic you stole from, from us? Is yeah. It, that is, not, the, not the name. The actual gold mic is was our original gold mic. Yes, the original, my original gold mic. Me and Ruck's freestyle mic when we lived together back in the day, probably 98. Yeah, well, funny story. This is what happened. I, I, when I first moved to Florida, your guys' gold mic was dead. It was, it was done. Oh, it zapped you when you got no. too close to it. it yeah, well, it would do that, but it, it stopped working. My dad, DJ Romsky, went out, got the microphone fixed. I used it for about two years on tour before handing the mic back to Ruck. Damn, so we do have it back, and you restored it. I restored it. This is a happy story for everyone, right? Happy ending. Happy endings. Who doesn't like those? Hey, so, so I guess next thing's next is we just got to plug that thing back in and get some old school pointless raps. Some... I don't know about that. We might have to hang that on shelf and never dust those off. And we never, never go back to those days, huh? Some stuff's better to you just close your eyes and remember how it was. And it was amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> PB, congrats again, brother. Thanks, Dana. Many of you know that Parks is closely associated with the Ronix Wake brand, and it's almost fitting because the founder of Ronix, the late great Herb O'Brien, was the first person to be inducted into the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame. Both Parks and Ronix have spent the past decade solidifying their dominance in the world of wake, inspiring others to pick up a wakeboard for the first time. With a team of legends, current contest killers, and professional <coughs> PB fun havers combined with an ever-evolving line of products for all levels of riders and enthusiasts Ronix continues to raise the bar and deliver the highest quality experiences their social media is on fire and they are doing their part to get more eyeballs on this sport than ever you can check it all out on instagram at Ronix wakeboards or online at ronixwake.com the WSIA and the Golden Mike podcast want to remind all of our listeners to please wake responsibly. The Wake Responsibly initiative is a part of the WSIA's waterway protection efforts to help minimize threats to lakes and rivers regarding towed water sports. This initiative was started to preserve the vitality of wake sports for years to come to ensure that we can share our passion with future generations. WSIA is focused on promoting and protecting all towed water sports through best practices, 
maintaining waterway access rights, educating participants, promoting safety, and facilitating sustainable industry growth. For more information to see how you can do your part to wake responsibly, head over to WSIA.net. The Golden Mike Podcast is back with the noise of the North, Dano the Mano, presented by Sea Deck Marine Products. And we're back, and I want to take a minute to congratulate the entire 2018 class, and I want to thank all of them for gracing us with their time. It's crazy to think that another Hall of Fame ceremony is in the books, and I'm already looking forward to next year. I wonder who's going to make the cut, and I'm sure you guys have a few names swirling around your brains. Let me know who you want to see honored in 2019 Wakeboarding Hall of Fame. Drop me a line on Twitter at the golden underscore Mike or on Instagram at Dano T. Mano. And I'm sure that next year we're going to see some blasts from the past. All right, upcoming events for any of you boat dealers out there this Saturday, November 11th. I'm hosting the Nautique Dealer Awards here in Orlando. Then Tuesday, November 13th, I'm in Austin, Texas with Centurion and Supreme Boats for their global dealer celebration. Then Friday, November 16th in Oregon City, Oregon with Active Water Sports for their evening with the stars featuring Ronix athlete Tyler Hyam, Trevor Mauer from Hyperlight, Josh Twelker for Conley, Dylan Miller, and the one and only Ball and Bob Sovin. I'll be hosting the stage and then recording a live episode of the Golden Mike Podcast with all those amazing guests. Thank you all for listening and an enormous thank you to the sponsors of this podcast to help pay those bills. Thanks to SeaDeck Marine Products, Boulder Boats, Footin.com, Waterskiing.com, WSIA, Roswell Marine, O'Brien, Ledwake, Conley, Ronix, Hyperlite, and GoPuck. Special thanks to Jenna Carruth on the web and Rich Walsh on the audio. That's all for me, folks, and I want you to know I appreciate each and every one of you for listening. As always, I'm the Noise of the North, Dan of the Mano, and you can hear me next time once again on the Golden Mike Podcast.